West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Moreland soon. You know, Greg, before we get into high school sports talk, got a little debate going today, yesterday, I guess my entire life really on if certain sports are indeed a sport. Is golf a sport? Is track a sport? Is swimming a sport? Is badminton a sport? Is cross country a sport? Is tennis a sport? And you know what? They're all baseball. They're all sports. They're all sports. How are they not sports? I don't understand how they're not sports, but I heard that this morning and it made me very angry. I'm not even sure why we're bringing this up. I think we have to. There's no no need to have a debate. There is no debate to be had. Well, Greg, you're you're a golfer, so I I mean, I don't know if golf's a sport, but that's the one I'm kind of hesitant on. So you're saying Tiger Woods is not an athlete? No. Sorry, McElroy, Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson, Otto Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, not athletes? No, they didn't do anything. What did they accomplish? I might, I'm getting ready to cancel this podcast. (laughs) I've heard too much already. No, golf is, golf is very much a sport. Or, you know, I should, should not be doing this podcast. Maybe you should, should be sitting down watching the Masters. That's what I should be doing. Why aren't you doing it? Because you're forcing me to do this podcast. As much as much fun as it is to hang out with you and talk to you for a half hour, um, the Masters might be a little bit better. Not gonna lie. Well, you know what's even better is high school sports, and you know what we just saw that was best that game we were at Thursday night. Los Gatos Wilcox. Los Gatos came in as the number nine team in the Bay Area. Wilcox, number fifteen in the Bay Area. A crazy game out there in Santa Clara between these two teams. The Santa Clara. Valley Athletic League, the end of division championship game pretty much. I know there was one week left after this, but both teams were 3-0 in league play. Winner essentially at least clinches a share of the league title. A lot was at stake in this one, and you saw Wilcox go up early, right? 19-0, they're controlling this game. They're forcing turnovers, three first-half interceptions. They're forcing bad snaps from most scout some untimely penalties, false starts, just not looking like a low scouts football team at all. Wilcox is controlling the clock. They had a pick six in there. Everything just going Wilcox's way, right? Luther Glenn, that great running back they have, had a touchdown early on nine carries for 63 yards on that first drive, a drive that lasts 535, right? Then they're stopping those scouts. You're thinking, okay, how's those scouts going to overcome this and the turnovers? But then those scouts just came to play another crazy game, another crazy comeback we've seen this year. I'm starting to lose count in these first what, five weeks of how many wild games we've been able to cover? What, San Ramon Valley, Cal last week? We saw Clayton Valley, Monta Vista last week in a crazy one that came down to the last 10 yards of that ball game, right, in the final seconds. But Los Gatos goes on 19 to nothing, and they get some big passing plays. Alex Grotto to Quinn Merritt a couple of times, and they have a touchdown to end the first half. It's 19 to 7, Wilcox, Los Gatos down 12. But rest of the way, it was all Los Gatos. They pulled off a lot of big plays, especially through the air. I mean, Adam Garwood. Came in with 166 yards in this game last week. The CCS is leading rusher, but credit the Wilcox defense. They really stuffed that run game because you look at it, Garwood, 29 rushing yards. His least this season, just not a lot of running room, not a whole lot he could have done in that. But him in the screen game, screen passes, Adam Garwood had 64 yards, a couple of big screens that really gave him some momentum. Los Gatos, the difference in that game too, they blocked an extra point. And what else they do? They blocked the field goal. Kyle Pinkham did made both of those blocks. 
four-point difference there, they win by one. Pretty much the difference in that game is special teams, but Los Gatos had a lot of big plays. Alex Grotto overcame three picks in that game. There were a couple of touchdown passes, finished with 274 yards, 17 of 24 passing. He had some big touchdown plays. He had a touchdown run that made it 19 to 14. Then he hit Kyle Pinkham for a 22-yard touchdown with a minute and a half left to give Los Gatos the lead and the win there. But Los Gatos just as tough as it gets. I mean, you saw their head coach, Mark Krill, after that game saying it was the hardest year of his life with the adversity. They went through a lot of stuff. They lost one of their brothers during the offseason, unfortunately, a tragic story there. They went through the whole COVID-19 pandemic as well, didn't know if the season would happen, just a lot of adversity. Their coach started tearing up after the game because of how much they went through to become a league champion. And out here, Los Gatos, as they showed their toughness, and Alex Grotto, I know we've seen him during the offseason, some games this year, as tough as it gets a leader. Even when he had those three picks, he never got rattled, was never shaken on the sideline, never disappointed himself. What he told me after the game was, you can't let what's in the past affect you because you can't control it anymore. It's already happened, right? You got to move on. And, well, he moved on. 17 to 24 passing, right? Almost 300 yards is the best game of his career at Los Gatos in terms of yards and some touchdowns there. And he had him and Quinn merit that connection connected seven times for 92 yards and a score mentioned Garwood 64 receiving yards Carson Gardner at 62 receiving yards on three catches Kyle Pinkham three catches for 57 yards but Los Gatos just made timely plays on that game they really banded back you saw even though there's only parents at games right now right their sideline was loud in that fourth quarter they rallied together a real family and you know Los Gatos got its biggest one of the season and now it's a league champion coming off at Central Coast section D2 championship a year ago, but Los Gatos, always a great program, and this team is no different with Grotto, with Garwood, with Jake Rip, with Kyle Pankham, with Quinn Merritt, Bennett Grotto. You just mentioned the guys on that roster, and Los Gatos is loaded, and they pulled off another remarkable season. Now, undefe- they're still undefeated now, going into this last week of the season against Palo Alto in their rivalry game. You got to love the toughness that Los Gatos showed to pull it off, because I know Greg you were following the game you saw it was 19 and nothing saying upset alert going on. Then all of a sudden you check again and those Gatos is driving the field and ready to win this ball game. Yeah, I was following along on Twitter and I was not going to lie. I was a little surprised when I saw the first couple updates and saw the halftime score. And then all of a sudden, and that's when I text you upset alert. You're like, I oh, will see. And then all of a sudden, you know, Los Gatos started coming back, coming back, coming back. And then the crazy, you know, last few minutes of the fourth quarter, like we've seen, like you said, the last few, five weeks now, we've seen a game every single week come down to the last few plays. Um, And this game was no different. It's just crazy to see that Los Gatos, obviously these two teams are both top 15, Wilcox at 15 and Los Gatos at nine. Um, One heck of a game to go 2019, essentially to decide the league championship um, here in the second to last week of the season. So a great game. Um, I'm a little jealous that I didn't get to go to this game. Now I'm kind of wishing that I could have went to the game instead of you, but still another great game. Uh, The Bay Area, like I think this whole weekend is going to be crazy. Uh, I mean, we're going to go through the rest of the games, but this is just the first of a lot of good games, I believe, that we're going to this weekend. And you mentioned that just all the great games, a lot of league championships on the line this weekend too, right? We're going to get into some of these games now. You got number 11, Camp Lindo, our West Coast Preps game of the week against Los Lomas. Camp Lindo comes in at 4-0, Los Lomas 1-2. Los Lomas, a win does not give it a league title because it's a 1-2 record, but Camp Lindo, it does. If it wins this game, league champs in its own right for this season. 
That game's at 7 p.m. tonight, but Camp Lindo, they just keep finding ways to win, right? They beat Akawani's 28 to 13. They forced some turnovers in that one against that prolific offense led by senior quarterback Brady Hutchinson, Dante Montgomery, Nick Rossi, Evan Malmquist, all of those guys, Will Berrien, but what Camp Lindo's done, you've got Maxwell Weaver and Zach Raphael last week had a monster game against Amador Valley where Weaver, the Davidson signee, had 121 yards and the score, Raphael, had 111 yards. Camp Lindo's receivers are deep, too. I mentioned those two guys. Raphael's got 136 yards this year. Weaver, 271 and four scores. You've got Joey Schmidt with 214 yards and two touchdowns, and then Max Heffernan with 133 yards and a touchdown. But this is going to be a tough one. Los Lomas, don't let that one-inch record fool you because their losses were to who? Akalani's and San Juan Valley, each by one scoring grid. I know you saw them against San Juan Valley, a game that Los Lomas almost won, almost blot against the top 10 team in the Bay Area. I know you mentioned Jermaine Land. Los Lomas has Mason Reese as well, but it's Los Lomas roster has a lot of talent. They can make this a very, very interesting ball game on Friday night in Moraga. Yeah, and there was many opportunities, I'd say, for Los Lomas to win. I remember talking to Quigley after the game, and they were disappointed in their offense, but the defense made big plays when they needed to. And in the offense, Jermaine Land was huge that night. <clears throat> Excuse me. But they have a ton of talent on both sides of the football. Um, and I don't think this is just going to be some cakewalk for Akalani's. Los Lomas is a good team. We had them ranked coming into the season um, in the, the mid-20s, somewhere in there. Um, they're a good team. They just ran into two really good teams in SRV and Los Lomas. But now going into this game, one and two, they're, you know, they're going to have a good game for sure. It's not going to be something where they come in and lay an egg, I don't think. Um, so Campoletto's going to have their hands full in this game tonight for the game of the week. Yeah, they will. It's going to be interesting to see how this game goes. Does Dylan Doms have another big game behind that talented offensive line with Matai Bell, Elijah Clock, and those guys? How does Jacob Grissel throw the ball against this Los Lomas defense? But I think it could be another one-possession game. So like I said, don't let that record fully. Los Lomas is one of the better one and two teams We've seen Montevista. It's like Montevista, right? Montevista's 0-4, but it's about as good of an 0-4 program as you're going to see out in this region. And so that's going to be a fun one. Another great game as well. Another top 25 matchup on Friday night in Oakland. Number 22, Bishop O'Dowd, a 2-1 record against number 21, James Logan, who's 3-0. Bishop O'Dowd just keeps finding ways to win. And not the prettiest wins, but they just find answers, right? Last week against San Leandro, that Thursday night game, they won 16 to 7 after going down 6 nothing quick in that game. So now defense is just led by stars. They have allowed just 11.3 points per game this season. They're undefeated in league play. James Logan also, as well, had a lot of great plays. You saw their defense last week throughout that game against Moreau Kappa, gave up seven points. And they're only allowing seven points per game. No team has scored more than eight on them, but there's a lot of great athletes on this in this game from both teams because you've seen that James Logan quarterback Marcus Sanders the six foot five junior also a KT prep kid as well three touchdowns last week DJ Johnson had 128 yards last week with two of those going for scores Jeremiah Patterson 40 yards in the touchdown but Bishop O'Dowd as well Matt White's a guy to watch for over 100 total yards last week with 48 rushing yards 62 receiving yards had that big receiving touchdown there on that little screen pass that secured that win to make it a 16 to 7 game late there in the fourth quarter this should be another great one you know let's also go into some predictions for these first two games we mentioned first off O'Dowd, james logan great cootie you got in this one and give me more just in depth some of your analysis of this matchup as well yeah so i'm going to go with bishop o'dowd in this game 
Um, I think they only only loss in this game is to SRV, um, and it was a couple of late interceptions by their quarterback Jesse Madden that ended up being a difference in this game. Uh, I think there was some first game jitters. That was SRV's second game of the season. I do think that was a big difference in that game as well. But Bishop Odad has got a lot of talent on the field. Um, I think Coach is going to get them ready for this game. And I feel like Bishop Odad is just going to eat them out. But James Logan, obviously coming off a huge performance um, against Real Catholic, were 46 to 7. The defense gave up actually zero points in that game. Their one score came off of a special teams touchdown in that one. So the defense playing extremely well. It's going to be a close matchup. Um, we saw Bishop O'Dowd win 16-7 last week. I'm thinking it's going to be a similar game, very low scoring. And this one, as both defenses are really good. Um, but I could definitely see a couple big plays be the difference in the game. Um, I'm going to go 14-10 to Bishop O'Dowd in this one. I'm going to take James Logan in this one, 21 to 17. It's going to be a great ball game. I think Marcus Sanders is going to have a late touchdown pass in this one that's going to kind of get <clears throat> James Logan the win here. But then also Camplin or Los Lomas, who do you got in that one? Yeah, and then for that one, we talked about it already a little bit, but I'm going to go with Campolindo. Um, I know Los Lomas is a good team. They have a lot of talent on the field. Campolindo's got something special going on right now. The leaders that they have on the team um, – you know, up and down the lineup from the quarterback to the offensive line to the defensive line all the way to the running back. Their whole team is a cohesive unit right now, and they're they're chasing something special, and they ha they're on a mission. I think that they're going to finish the mission tonight and get their league title. Yes, I, I am with you on that one as well. Then the next one, a league championship game in the East Bay Athletic League, Mount, or Valley Division, I should say, actually, number 14, Livermore undefeated against Foothill, who's 3-1. and one. These two teams have played already. In the season opener, Livermore won 14 to 13, but that was technically considered a non-league contest. They wanted to get a sixth game in, get some extra film for these kids. You can't blame them for that either. And now, one of the biggest games in Livermore school history is coming up. This will be their first league title in about 30 years. Best season Livermore's had, and might be. We'll see how this goes down, but this could be their best team ever that the school's ever seen. Livermore right now, four and zero. They're just. They're getting better as the season goes on. Ever since that win over Foothill by one point, they crushed the Amador Valley 21-7, to made the Dons. Honestly, one of just the tougher, toughest performances I've seen from Amador Valley in my lifetime. Amador Valley's always been tough, and they just – they suffered Amador Valley in every which way. The passing game, the run game, forced them into some offsides calls with hard counts. It was an unbelievable performance from the Cowboys that day. They beat Doherty Valley 42-0, and last week they beat Dublin 35-14. to Livermore's defense in this latest four-game stretch this season, giving up combined 34 points. You've got their quarterback, Sean Smith, a couple of offers, eight touchdown passes, one pick, four rushing touchdowns as well. He's got Dominic Belwalmany in the backfield with him for 320 yards and a touchdown. You've got tight end Matthew Pulaski with 15 offers, leads the team with 158 receiving yards and four touchdowns. So Livermore, this is as special as it gets. We also had a story on Sean Smith earlier this week. A story on Livermore football earlier this week as well, the history they're making. So check that out at westcoastpreps.com. The Cowboys, though, under John Wade, they're here to stay because their sub-varsity level teams these last couple of years have really, really taken off. And the senior leadership they have is the perfect mix. And got to think the Cowboys are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the East Bay for years to come. Yeah, for sure. But they're going up against a Foothill team that since their first loss to this Livermore team has gone 3-0 and since then. And they have a lot of good talent on their team as well. We just did a story on Kenny Olsen earlier this week. 
who is the son of Las Vegas Raiders offensive coordinator Greg Olson. He is absolutely shining during his junior season, also his first season on varsity, as his total reads 256 receiving yards, 106 rushing yards, six total touchdowns, also on the defensive side with 28 tackles, four tackles for loss, and one interception, as he had 13 of those tackles and a pick six against Granada um, not too long ago. And then Jaden Payne anchors of foothill ground attack as he has 401 yards and four touchdowns while averaging six yards per carry and his last game was 131 yards and a two touchdown effort on 22 carries and then you got their foothill quarterback nick walsh who has 523 yards in four games this season six touchdowns and only two interceptions in the four games that they've played this season so we saw how close the game was in week one or week zero whatever you want to call it the non-league matchup that they played 14-13, Livermore came away with the win at the final, one of the final drives in that one. Where do you see this one going? I think this is going to be tough. Foothill's last league title came in 2016 when they had Isaiah Floyd, who went to Arizona State. Now at Hawaii, they had Ben Wooldridge as their sophomore quarterback then, who was just transferred from Fresno State to Louisiana, and Matt Sweeney was the head coach then. Now Greg Cobner's Foothill's coach, and he used to be Livermore's head coach. So kind of funny how it's all kind of tying together here, but Foothill's going to make this interesting. Don't sleep on the Falcons. They're getting better as the season goes on. You've got to watch out for guys like Connor Perez, Jaden Payne, Kenny Olsen, Nick Walsh, but Livermore, the stars are aligning for the Cowboys. Everything's coming together. They've got just this perfect one that we've seen. And I think the Cowboys are going to come away in this game, but it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Okay. This game's going to come down 28, 24. Livermore's going to win this game and going to win a league title. You know, it's going to be a special day. They're going to live more Saturday night if they win this ball game and win a league title. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot of tears, a lot of hugs, a lot of embraces because this is something Livermore hasn't had in 30 years. It's been a long time for Livermore, and it's been a historic season for them, and it's a special run. Um, we did the story earlier about the community and how much they've embraced Livermore football this year, um, and I think that there's something special going on, but we've talked about this game a lot, you know, just – we have this, I have, at least I have this weird feeling that Foothill might just come in and, you know, they also are on a special run, also really hot coming into this game. But with all that said, I think there's something special a little more, and I think they're going to complete the special season um, and they're going to win this game. I think it's going to be a little more low scoring. I'm going to go with 21-14. Uh, it's going to be 14-14 coming down the end, and Livermore's going to make a couple big plays at the end to win the final, final possession. Yeah, and even if Foothill loses this game, right? Foothill's returning a lot of talent. Guys like Olsen, Walsh, these guys, they're juniors. That junior class of Foothill, what happened? Their freshman year, they went one and nine, but they've turned into winners. They let that just fuel them from their freshman season. They're coming into varsity. They're doing a great job. This junior class of Foothill, they've got a lot of kids that are probably going to go play Division One football because Kenny Olsen, check out his story on the site as well, like Greg mentioned at westcoastpreps.com. He's hearing from Division One programs, some FBS schools as well, but Foothill's getting – some talent coming through. Things are coming together there under Hobner, really getting more comfortable with that coaching staff and that system. So Foothill could be – we'll see how it comes out in the offseason with some of these programs. But Foothill might be an early favorite next season. We'll, we'll see how it comes out. Livermore, Foot, Foothill is going to be fun. Amador is going to be moving divisions. So we'll see how all of this shakes out. But this is going to be a fun season in the East Bay Athletic League. And another league championship game that Greg's going to be at Saturday night in Danville, number eight, San Ramon Valley. It's number seven, Clayton Valley Charter. 
Yeah, and in the story of the preview on westcoastpreps.com, the first line says, talk about a game with contrasting styles for this division championship game um, in the Evolve Mountain Division, and that can't be more true. I just went to play in Valley last week where they ran the ball 60 times in a great win over Monta Vista, who is now 0-4. Clayton um, Valley's charter only lost came to Monterey Trails this season as they're 3-1 and one on the season, as SRV's only lost came to De La Salle this season. But like I said, contrasting styles, Jack Quigley in that offense is high-powered, um, throw-the-ball spread offense where Clayton Valley Charter is ground and pound, put all 11 guys basically on the line and just give it to Dylan Seeley, give it to Omari Taylor, give it to any one of their running backs. Whoever can hold on to the ball and not fumble, they're going to get the ball and they're just going to run it up the middle basically every single play. So it's going to be <clears> – <throat> going to be a lot of fun because you're going to see two different sort of teams coming together competing for a championship essentially um and i don't know i've gone back and forth on this game 25 times i know what i picked on the website but i, I don't i'm not fully confident in this pick because i think this is going to come down there's probably going to be another overtime game i think this is going to come down to the last possession or overtime or it's going to be some late heroic um, game, again, by SRV, who's coming off a big win that you went to last week. Yeah, I'm picking Clayton Valley Charter in this one, but I'm not confident in that one either. I, I've been going each way on this game about all week long. Because I could easily see San Ramon Valley pulling this one out and having a great day offensively, but I could also see Clayton Valley just doing what they always do, winning ugly and taking you out of your game and controlling the clock and Amari Taylor getting 37 carries once again. It's going to be fun, though. San Ramon Valley, those finding ways to win. They did last week. Something we mentioned about Bishop O'Dowd, San Ramon Valley is doing the same thing. Beating Los Lomas in that opener, that game against Cal last week, and they're down 24-17 to 17 with two and a half minutes left. They drive the length of the field. They score, force a fumble, get a touchdown there. There's a lot of players in this game to watch for the two. Let's go through some of these guys you got to watch for. Amari Taylor, he's got 639 rushing yards this year, which is the second most in the North Coast section behind Heritage sophomore Devin Rivers. Also check out Rivers' story today at westcoastpreps.com. His brother is now a Fresno State running back. His dad played eight years in the NFL. Fresno State Hall of Famer. Unbelievable kid. Number four rusher in the state. So check out that story. But you've got to also check out Dylan Seeley for Clayton Valley Charter, the linebacker, the state championship game MVP in 2019. 32 tackles, six tackles for loss, two interceptions. You've got Jack Catterton, the San Ramon Valley linebacker. 16 tackles and six tackles for loss last week. So Darian Nardi had 100-plus yards of offense, a forced fumble. Nardi's got 337 rushing yards this season. Jack Quigley's got 762 passing yards. You've got that great 2023 receiver prospect, Caleb Petrid, who had 93 yards on seven catches last week, his second game of 90-plus yards in this first four varsity games. Petrid at a team high, 227 receiving yards. He's one of three Wolves with over 190 receiving yards with Caden Ridley at 203 and the San Diego State signing J.P. Murphy at 195. So there's a lot of talent on this field, and you can see why both teams are ranked in the top 10 in the Bay Area. So I think this game wouldn't shock me if, again, another overtime game out there in the East Bay. Yeah, and this division, obviously, De La Salle, they're, because of competitive reasons, they don't qualify to win the Champions League championship for E-ball. I mean, usually they're chasing state titles anyways. So this comes down to being the league title for the Mountain Division of EBAL League. <clears throat> and 
I don't know. It, this whole league has been crazy. We've talked about Cal in this league. We've talked about Monta Vista. Every single game that these teams have played against each other has basically come down to the final possession. Um, and I, I can't expect the championship game essentially coming down to anything different. Uh, with all that said, I technically have not made my pick on this yet. I'm going with Santa Valley. I'm riding with Jack Quigley. Um, I'm going to take him as my athlete of the week, too. I think Jack Wigley is going to go off. I think that <clears throat> there's something special in San Ramon. They have a great young class. They have a great offensive line um, that Quigley mentions all the time, and so does Nardi. I think one last run for San Ramon Valley. I think they're going to take this one. Although I did pick against Clayton Valley Charter last week. I got some, uh, some little talk about that when I got to the game there, but I guess that they're just going to have to be mad at me one more week. Yeah, Clayton Valley's not really loving you right now, are they? You know, that's all we keep getting into Clayton Valley games, too, because you keep doubting them, and what do they do? They keep winning ugly. Yeah, because that's probably what fools you, too. They, it's not pretty the way they play, but they win. And that's exactly yeah. what Clayton Valley wants to do. It, I'm not, not going to lie. It is not necessarily the most fun football to watch, but it's good football. It's yeah. winning football, right? <laughs> and that, that's the sort of thing. I can't take pictures because it's just a big old scrum in the middle of the football field and you know sometimes you'll see Omari Taylor pop out for one you know a big run here and there but it's ugly football and that's why they're ugly eagles that's why they got that U on on their jerseys or their helmets on that field right it, that's why it's not pretty but they they find ways to win they just won the state championship last year and you can see why and now our last game we're getting into Bellarmine at one and one hosting number four Valley Christian who's one and one with its only loss to Sarah I mean, historic matchup in the West Catholic Athletic League. Both teams, just great track records out there. Bellman with its new coaching staff coming off its first win under Jalal Beachman, beat San Benito 17-14. to They had 12 stops in the backfield. Adam Hayashi had an interception. Jackson Sawyer scored twice. Bellman's got two quarterbacks playing this year. You've got the juniors, Wade Smith, who was 23 of 38 for 195 yards and a touchdown. You've got Thomas Anderson, the senior, 15 of 31 for 141 yards in the touchdown. You've got Will Matlack leading the defense with 12 tackles and four tackles for loss. But it's going to be a tough match against Valley Christian, right? Because you've got a guy like Jerry on Dickey. You've got Eliza McLemore. You've got Chase Lawback. You've got Jackson Berman, the dual threat quarterback. A lot of guys that can run the ball, run the ball well, run the ball down your throat. It's another brand of football that's not pretty, but it wins you ball games and it wins you 10 plus games a season usually. And you've also got Dominic Oliver defensively, the San Diego State signing with 14 tackles and six tackles for loss. Don't sleep on Bellarmine with this new coaching staff. The culture there is really, really changing. Bellarmine's on the upswing with the staff. Some of these young guys, they've got rolling through. But I think Valley Christian does pull this game out. And I think Valley Christian's going to win this game by 10 points. It's going to be not the prettiest 10-point win ever, but it's going to be a 10-point win, and Valley Christian's going to go to 2-1. But like it's 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 going to be a tough ball game because Bellarmine's improving. Yeah, I think Bellarmine is improving, and they're a team to watch for. Uh, one of our sleeper teams that we've talked about quite a bit here on WestCoastPreps.com, but Valley Christian, they have, I think, the best athlete in high school football right now, at least here in the Bay Area, Jerry on Dickey. Um, every time he touches the ball, he does something special. Um, it's something that you want your cameras out every single time he's on the football field. And it seems like he never really wants to leave the field, whether it's offensive, defensively. Dude just wants to win. He's a competitor. Um, and I think 
that's the main thing to watch for is just Jerry on Dickey anytime he's on the football field. But with all that said, I agree with you. I think this will be a multiple possession win for Valley Christian. They're the number four team. I know they lost to Sarah earlier in this year, but we've talked about Sarah and how good that football team is. And we talked about it on the last podcast. And I think Valley Christian is going to pull this one out. Um, but it'd be exciting to see. I think it'd be a learning experience for Bellarmine. I think that they'll, you know, be able to see where they're at compared to the top teams in the WCAL. Yes, they will. So it's going to be another fun game there in the Bay Area. It's seeing how this WCAL race shakes out. Sarah, that was the top dog. And when you watch them in person, it's pretty obvious to see why with all those athletes. The Valley Christian, a very, very respectable number four. Right now, we've got two. We got a couple more weeks of these picks standings. I'm at 19 and six. Greg's at 16 and nine. We've got a few different picks this week. We'll see if Greg can start inching his way back. A couple of tough ones this weekend. So we'll see how these standings shake out in the end. But before we wrap this up, Greg, I want to say Steve Kirk does listen to the West Coast Preps podcast. He has to. It's got to be confirmed. The Warriors ran more pick and roll. And what happened? They won the game. Different rotation for Steph. So Steve Kerr definitely listens to us. It's, it's a guarantee. Steph came in a little bit earlier in the fourth, ran more pick and rolls. And look at that. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They didn't have Giannis. But still, it's still a good quality roster. Um, it's still a good quality win right there that, you know, looking at the calendar, you're probably like, okay, that's probably going to be a loss especially with this Warriors team, the way they've been playing. But that's a good win. The GMT guarantee is still alive and well. They're still going to be making the playoffs, whether that's the play-in or the playoffs. I don't know. I'm, I'm counting the play-in as playoffs. So GMT guarantee is still alive and well. It's alive and well, but I don't know if the Warriors are alive and well. You know, <clears throat> let's give it a couple of weeks. Steve Kerr listened to us, but let's give him a couple of weeks before we call, call the Warriors dead. All right. I think that's a fair assessment, right? It's fair, but what do you think Steve Kerr's going to go back into his mindset of we got to keep doing this motion offense the whole time with guys where it's just not working? Is he going to go he back talked, to the same step rotation stuff? He talked to the analytics group. He, they went more pick and rolls. I'm not sure. We'll see. Like I said, he made an adjustment, which is something Steve Kerr has, you know, not necessarily done great in the past, you know, making adjustments. Um, right. Usually it comes from, to us from assistance, like the Iguodala being inserted into the lineup in the finals. And, you know, that came from assistant. What well, wasn't Steve Kerr's original decision, but now we have to see, you know, it, does he continue to make adjustments and, you know, try different things on the fly? Does he stay with the pick and roll? Does he keep on giving Steph, you know, a couple more minutes in the fourth quarter, you know, change his rotations just a little bit? It's remained to be seen. They played one game since our last podcast, so we'll see what happens in the future. Yes, we will, but you got to like that trend, though. I like the trend. I, I like the trend. Running pick and roll. So that Steph Watson pick and roll worked. It worked. It's perfect. Anytime there's a W on the calendar, the trend is good. Especially after so that stretch. Else, no yeah. good. Especially after that stretch where they were 4-12 and 12 in the last 16. I'll take a win right now. Yeah. confidence Because the schedule softens up. This is that time where you got to take advantage and win some games and not fall apart. Now, also, the Giants won a series against the Padres. I just want to, you know, give the shout-out to the Giants. Maybe Bay Area sports is not quite dead yet. Yeah, the A's, the A's are done. No, the A's did win a baseball game. Oh, wow, they won one game. What are they, one yeah. and six? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they did win a baseball game. It, you, you have to celebrate things like that. You know, can we just go back to the podcast that we did – about two months ago, when I said the A's are going to have the worst season they've had in a very long time. Oh, I agree. With no you. one else did that but me. 
I, I predict. Yeah, I agree. I just the, I, I, guarantee. I, I agreed. I agreed on that. You did agree, but you didn't predict it. I predicted it. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious they were going to be bad. I don't think it took rocket scientists to figure that one out. I think people still thought they were going to be good. Well, then people just don't understand sports. Do you understand sports, though? Do you know what a sport is? I do know what a sport is, yes. I do know what a sport is. Maybe, maybe some people don't grasp that concept, but you know what? I do, and that's what counts. We do on the right. West Preps podcast, and that's what matters. That's all that matters. That's right. It's all that matters. It's the only podcast that matters. I'm okay with that. I agree. The only podcast that matters. Yeah. Steve Kerr listens to us, so we've got that in our back pocket, too. So that's all I can say. Yeah. But anyway, that'll also, wrap up. Baseball rankings just came out, too. Uh, we're not going to go into it in depth this week. We'll get into that more as in the upcoming weeks as well. But just a heads up that the baseball rankings are out. Uh, a couple of surprises in there for sure. I think some things that, you know, we did a preseason one, um, it definitely would be a little different as the season's gone on. It's been a been a kind of a crazy year so far already in the baseball season. Um, I expect more craziness in the baseball as this whole season, football, baseball, whenever basketball returns here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, it's been a hectic season, but it's been well worth it. It, it has been well worth it. About to be full on baseball here pretty soon with those first rankings that come out Wednesday. So, Take a look at that, but until our next podcast, stay tuned for all of our post-game coverage and all of our game coverage this weekend from our games on social media at West Coast Preps underscore. Check out our interviews, podcast highlights on our YouTube page and hit the subscribe button there and follow all of our work at West Coast Preps. I do my best to fall back and not, not make a sound, sound. I'm gone. I'm gone.